Welcome to the Organized Holistically podcast, where I help you get your business and personal life organized. I'm your host, Dana L'Oreal Morales, and I can't wait to share this episode with you. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Miss Alicia Beatrice of Black Family Business. She is a multi-ethnic woman of color who wears many hats. She's a mother of two Black boys. She's a social worker, an artist, and an entrepreneur. It took her a while to figure out that life and business shouldn't burn you out or lead you to having a breakdown. And in today's episode, we're going to talk all about it. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Organized Academy, where you learn all things organizing that will help you holistically balance your business and personal life so you can live the life you always dreamed of living. Learn more today and become a member by visiting OrganizedAcademy.com. Hi, Alicia. Thank you so much for joining me today for this Lessons Learned Conversation. I've been so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much, Dana, for having me as well. I'm excited to join and um, speak to your viewers. We love these conversations because we get to know so much about um, our guests and then just just really seeing where our conversation goes because obviously uh, we don't script these these talks so we can end up anywhere. during the conversation. So uh, for our listeners purpose, can you tell us a little bit about you and your journey into entrepreneurship? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm Alicia Beatrice and I am a soulful artist and also a creative entrepreneur and author. Um, so the way I, I got started, I started my first, my very first business in 2009 with a DBA. <laughs> And I started off as a consultant doing what I was paid to do in my full-time work, which was Mm -hmm. grant writing at the time. So I went into doing some consulting work in that area. And what happens is it evolved into me going back to school to become a social worker. Actually, I missed Mm -hmm. working with people because I did it for so long. Um, And so fast forward, um, so it evolved into me being, becoming a social worker and also getting into therapy and healing myself from trauma, which is really important as well. Mm -hmm. And that's been a a lifelong journey too. And what happened is I I ended up stepping out and writing my first book in 2016 and sharing my personal story Mm. um, about healing and trauma and forgiveness and love and, and, and faith and so many other different things. And so I started um, sharing my book and working with people of color, Black women, men, leaders in the community, churches, um, and entrepreneurs, and really trying to inspire them to heal themselves as well Mm -hmm. so that they can show up more present and aware in their life and their business and be happier. Cause I noticed that a lot of people just really weren't happy. They were chasing Mm -hmm. their dream and they weren't happy. Um, And that's, that's how I I got to that point. And so now I've, I've shared my story and shared my books with um, I've written three books in that area and 
continued to work as a as a social worker in my um in my in my in my work that I do outside of business. And now it has evolved into starting a business, an actual business brand called Black Family Business. Mm-hmm. And, and starting it as a community for black and brown entrepreneurs. And it's more than a community, it's, it's more of a family. It's part of my journey um, and struggle. I'll talk about that a little bit more, was not really finding a, a, the right kind of community um, and, and, and also being um, facing some challenges in communities in the past, uh, mm-hmm. more so with my past story and um, being kicked out of out of a church because of some of the trauma I dealt with um, and having to heal from that. So Black Family Business is a place for everyone. It's all inclusive, regardless of gender, race, um, ethnicity, and especially for Black and brown people who have, have experienced some things. So it, it has evolved, business has evolved for me over over really like the last decade to being where I am today. Wow. So are you still full-time, a full-time count, um, social worker or are you full-time in your business? Yes, I am. I am still full-time as a therapist. I'm working Mm -hmm. with black mothers right now, providing trauma therapy to them, um, parenting support, um, yoga as well. I'm working on becoming a yoga teacher as well and that's a part of my mindfulness practice too and business is part-time and I'm still working toward my goal of business becoming um full-time mm-hmm. along with the creative work that I'm doing with my music as an artist nice nice I, I love to ask that question because you know in business specifically with entrepreneurs I find that there's this stigma of sorts of you're either full-time or you're part-time looking to become full-time, right? And so I always like to ask because myself, I'm full-time, but I'm not necessarily looking to get full, go full-time at any time soon. And, and that's just because of what I do. Um, but some people are, and some people aren't, and there's nothing wrong with either one, you know, any of the choices that we're making in relation to our entrepreneurship, because that's what works for us, right? Um, but I love to ask specifically because your full-time job really marries well with your um, side hustle, if you will. And uh, so that's, that, I'm always interested to find that out. Um, tell me yeah. how you navigate uh, having a full-time job and a side business. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you asked that question because that's been a part of my evolution and my personal growth as well. I really did struggle with that in the beginning of, you know, this whole idea of not being a full-time entrepreneur and hearing all the noise out there about, do you want to leave your job? You want to quit your job? And I'm like, yes, I do. I want to be the full-time entrepreneur and all of that. Right. <laughs> um, but what I, what I have learned to surrender to is the work that I'm doing full-time is of service to my side hustle or my business. Mm. Um, this is where I've developed my skills. As I told you back in 2009, when I started consulting, it was the work I was getting paid to do. And I was literally doing it as a side hustle. And it became full-time work for me at the time because I was a work from home mom at the time too, had just had my little baby. But what I've learned is it's okay that I work full-time 
for someone else as a W-2 employee. Um, it's kind of like I have my own practice though, however, because I'm, I'm an independent, independently licensed clinician. Mm -hmm. So I can do my work anywhere and it affords me the flexibility to work on my creative projects like my music um, and even outside of what we're facing right now with the pandemic, I'm still able to work from home and manage my family and work with my children. I'm working with other moms and I'm a mom myself. So it affords me that flexibility in my lifestyle to pursue these creative um, projects I'm working on along with business. And I really, I've, I've, I think that everyone should really embrace that and be grateful. Practice gratitude with being where you are right now. Where you are right it's now. Okay. Yes, because everybody's journey is different. And we have a, a problem a lot of the times with that comparison that, you know, trying to compare ourselves to somebody else, it's somebody else's journey. And I'm like, that's their story. <laughs> Their story doesn't have the ebbs and flows, you know, your story has. And so it's important for you to really embrace where you are, where you're being led. You know, I believe God puts us in places that we're supposed to be. And sometimes we choose to, you know, go somewhere else and then he brings us back. And sometimes when he's bringing us back, he brings us back in a way that, you know, we don't like, but the truth is, is this is where we're supposed to be. And there's lessons to be learned along the way. So yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Um, one of the questions I was going to ask you is, as far as your full-time job is concerned, um, do they know about your side hustle or is it something that you just kind of did? Is it is it a requirement in your profession to mention that you're doing this as well or is it, does it not matter? That's a great question. In the beginning, when I first started out, um, when I wrote my book and was sharing my story, it was more, it felt like it was more of a secret, something that I wasn't, you know, talking about at work. And I felt like I had to like separate the two. Mm -hmm. However, right now where I am, um, I'm, I'm like really appreciating my journey now because I can talk about it now. Like when I, when I interviewed, um, to get this position that I'm in right now, and especially being having so much, um, so much, what's the word I'm looking for? I feel like I have more power now because <laughs> because I'm, I'm more seasoned in the work that I'm doing, and mm -hmm. and you know I'm I'm it's like a private practice. But I shared that in my interview. I shared it openly and talked about my experiences. It was a part of my resume. Mm -hmm. It's a full package. I was mm -hmm. like, this is the package in, involved with who I am. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm an artist as well. Right. And it's highly, you know, I, I feel like where I'm right now, it is appreciated and accepted as well. Mm -hmm. So I can talk about it and just fill out a little form outside work form mm -hmm. and that's it and it's not a it's not a big deal yeah I'm so glad that you just said that because I mean I, I look when you were talking about your your book and and talking about your story I had written down I was like oh let's talk about this let's dig into this and <laughs> and this really like the trend I don't even know what I'm trying to say the uh just the the getting to this point because when you were talking about 
you know, sharing your story at work, it was part of your package. It was part of your interview process. To me, that's your brand, right? It's part of who you are. And so many people are wanting people to know who they are, but they're not willing to share that brand. They're not, and I, not the brand, because that's not what people say. They don't want to share the information, the private stuff about themselves, but that's really who they are. You know, that's, that's what feeds you and what makes you, that's your goals, that's your purposes, that's everything that you're doing, but yet we want to keep it to ourselves. And it's like, you can't fault people for not knowing who you are if you're not willing to share who you are. So it's, it's amazing. And I love the fact that you, during your interview process, you know, you included that because in my opinion, that is part of your branding. It's part of who you are. And that's the package, like you said. So was that intentional just at the point where you were in your life or had you always kind of, once you wrote the book, did you at that point realize I need to include, be intentional about including this, this part of me? It was a struggle at first. Um, because the, when I first wrote my book, like where I was working, it was, um, it was, you know, unfortunately a toxic workplace mm -hmm. and I ended up moving on to other uh, places to work mm -hmm. and it became more of a, I embraced it. And I was like, this is a part of my identity, you know, not yeah. necessarily a title to say, oh, I'm Arthur and this, that, and the other, but I was like, this is a part of my identity. This is the work that I do and I don't want to have that struggle inside of oh if they find out that I'm doing this or that I was like this is a part of who I am so it became a part of my identity um yeah. when I go anywhere even if I'm doing something for work I bring my full self into work it's like mm -hmm. you know well I'm also I have these resources and if it's appropriate to share it with the people I'm working with, then I can offer it as a resource to them. If not, just know that it is a part of what I do. And I feel yeah. like it's the value that I can bring to my workplace along with the work that I'm doing outside. So mm -hmm. I've, I've brought that. It's been a journey to get to that place of this right. is a part of my, my identity and, and it's a value. So yeah. I pride it and I'm not... I'm not ashamed to share what I'm doing or, or feel like it's, you know, I should be a closet in, in the closet about the things that I'm doing or have these secrets. Right. And I think that is the biggest struggle specifically with side hustlers is, is drawing that line. So many of us are trying to split ourselves into this business persona and this personal persona when really you are one person. And so to it, it yeah, is yeah. very stressful and very, it, it drains your energy trying to keep these two things separate. And like one of the, um, I think it was in a blog post or something that, that I put out, I was asking, you know, when you're at work in your work environment, a lot of times when you meet somebody, the very first thing they ask you is where do you live? Where are you from? Are you married? Do you have children? You know, like all the questions that they're asking you are personal questions so that they can connect with you on a personal level. So why are we so... Yeah focused on keeping that side of us kind of like you said in the closet over here we don't really want to talk about it you know um we got to mm -hmm. stop doing that because it it is the value that you're bringing yeah. to that organization yeah oh i love that so let's dig into the book let's <laughs> talk about what i'm really interested in talking about is what at what point did you decide 
I'm ready to tell my story. Like, cause, cause you have a, everybody has a backstory. They have something that has impacted their lives. But at what point did you say, I need to share this? Well, I had been in therapy and that was a major breakthrough, like getting into therapy and being consistently staying in, you know, really committing, mm-hmm. committing to myself that I'm going to do this work and not just half-ass it. Mm-hmm. So when I had started having breakthroughs um, with the work I was doing, I decided, well, I want to share my story and I want to use it as a tool to help other people, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I felt like I wanted to be heard as well and be acknowledged for my experiences Mm -hmm. now I don't go into all the glory details about you know my what happened it's more Mm -hmm. strategies to help people uh, move through but I really wanted to it just it just felt like this urge or this sense inside of me that it was something that I had to do Mm -hmm. and I had to step out and do it at that moment if I didn't do it then that opportunity would pass me by so it was just a part of, it was a part of that healing journey that I needed to share it. And now I'm seeing how it is, it has evolved into more than just sharing my story. It's a part of like my business legacy, mm-hmm. the story of Ooh, that's beautiful. I this journey of this community that I'm creating, this family that I'm creating for other black and brown entrepreneurs mm-hmm. through black family business. Mm-hmm. So the process that you went through, so was this kind of, I've talked to a couple of different um, authors, right? And I always ask this question because as a process person, as an organization person, I always am interested in how that journey, what that journey looked like. So was this a, I have thoughts, I'm just going to write them down. Or did you have a very strategic, I'm going to write this book, I'm going to get this out and I'm going to write a book. And you had a plan of action of how you were going to do it. Can you talk kind of through that process? Yeah, absolutely. I love this conversation about creative processes. So for me in the beginning, it wasn't a set strategic plan of how I was going to get get it done. Um, I have more of a strategic plan now and how I work with other entrepreneurs to do, but it wasn't that way. Um, And I find a lot of my creative processes now are not that way. Like I have a set strategic plan. It's more of going with the flow yeah um of how I'm led to do things like how spirit leads me to do things and the intention that I put out there of what it is that I want to you know get back in return so it it wasn't a strategic process I I I wish I could say that it was but it wasn't (laughs) it was just more of me going with how I was you know how spirit led me to do it I think that that's great. That's kind of how my blog posts and podcast episodes, that's how they come about. It's I'm listening to something and something somebody says will trigger a thought and how to apply it to organization or how to apply it to side hustles or how to, you know, apply it to moms. Um, And so that's kind of how the, my juices flow. And typically I'll just, if I'm out and I have my phone, I'll just, you know, put the thought down so I don't lose it. Or if I'm at, you know, at home, I'll type it into my PM tool. What was your process of, okay, you've got this, this thought you've got kind of, you were led by the spirit to do 
um, to have this thought or to put this in? Were you writing them down? Like, can you talk about just that? I don't want to get to, because I know that this is part of your business to teach people how to do it. But mm -hmm. just from your initial um, process of thinking, was that more just journal writing or put it on sticky note? Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. It was definitely journal writing. Um, that's actually what, you know, what I would share with, with folks to sign up for my email list was journal writing. I would always encourage them to journal because I've been journaling since I was a young child, like as early as maybe seven or eight. Um, so it was journaling during that time through therapy and really just a life a collection of my lifelong process. Mm -hmm. But at that time, when I started writing the book specifically, I recall I was journaling specific things and writing down a lot of thoughts, exactly as you said, just writing things down. And that's how I started with the process. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think journaling is, is one of those things. It's funny. I don't do like the formalized journaling where I have a specific book that I go and I write in daily. But I find that the, the notes on my, you know, the notes app on my phone or I'll find little, you know, thoughts where I've written a big block of text just because I'm trying to get those thoughts out um, on paper. So do you think it's good for people to make it a more formalized process or really whatever works, just get it out? What, what is your feeling about that? Well, my feeling is always starting where you are. I mean, some people, they may have whatever your process is, if it's sticky notes, if it's finding whatever you can write on a, a piece of a paper towel, you know, if you're just driving in a car and you find a little piece of paper on the floor, whatever works for you, start where you are. And really, you know, my whole philosophy is simp simplify, simplify and be kind and gentle with yourself. So don't get so frustrated and caught up with everything having to be so perfect and so formalized right now. Just start where you are. You will get there. You know, honestly, trust yourself in the process that you'll get to that place of completion, but just get started wherever you are. I don't care where you're writing. You could be writing on a piece of toilet paper, <laughs> whatever you're doing that works for you, just get started and right do it. There, then my organizing self is like, then to find you a place where you just put all those little notes <laughs> so you can find them later. Absolutely. <laughs> just your little box, your little, okay, this is my little thought box. The little box. <laughs> just throw it in the thought box yep. and you'll come yep. back to it later and organize. <laughs> yes, yes. Put it, put it into segments. That's awesome. I love that. And I'm, you know, I've, I've, it's funny when I go through um, organizing my office or I'm going through decluttering my phone or whatever it is that I'm working on and I'll find these little notes where I've written stuff down. Sometimes I'm like, what did, what was I talking about? You know, because <laughs> it's just a half a thought. But then other times I'm like, oh, that, that was good. You know, reading back through things. So it is, it is a journey, not only in the process of, but when you come back to revisit just the memories it triggers and, and the newfound thoughts that it triggers when you're revisiting. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. So tell me what the three books are, the titles of the three books. As you said, you wrote three. So what are the titles of the three books that you've written? 
Oh, I, 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 as I'm thinking about it, you know, the, the, the organized part of me would have been like, you should have had them right sitting right near you. They're like over there, I'd have to reach. <laughs> but um, the, so the very first one, it's, it's actually a series. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not something that I intentionally did, but it's called From Exile to Embrace. Mm-hmm. Seven Secrets to Lead a Happier Life Through Love and Forgiveness. That's the very first one where I stepped out and shared my personal story. And the next one uh, was from, it was, the next one was a um, an anthology. It was, it was a work with um, three women entrepreneurs. We did a mm-hmm. book together where they shared their stories because I had been doing some work with them and they were in my right. community. So that one is called From Exile to Embrace. Um, Confessions of Successful Women Leaders. Mm. And then the next, the last one um, is called Crazy Confessions. Dare, uh, Crazy Confessions, um, Defeat Depression, Dodge Suicide, and Dare to Lead. Wow. Dare to Lead. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to remember the titles of my own books, but the, right. yeah, the, the, so the last one is, is a, a guide, a go-to guide for, you know, the person of color and it's research-based, evidence-based with resources to help with depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, people struggle with, you know, that taboo issue of suicide and thoughts to want to end their life um, which so many people struggle with Mm -hmm. Um, and also just giving you that boldness to live a whole life yes which I feel that you know can be a struggle for a lot of people yeah because sometimes you know the what we what we personally need in our lives or what we're choosing to do in our lives is not you know other people don't necessarily understand it and I find that a lot of times our family, not meaning any ill will, um, will have provide their opinions, share their opinions, although you may not have asked for them, um, and be very vocal about what they think about what you're doing and how they think it's wrong or they don't understand it. And it's okay for you to say, but this is for me. It's, you know, I have to do this for me and not try to make everybody around us happy because, and that's one of the happiness buckets, that's one of our main philosophies is focus on making yourself happy because in the end it's your life and other people, you know, they have their life to make their life happy. You have yours and that's your job is to to focus on you and filling your happiness bucket with the things that you need um, to make yourself full. Right. And so I think it's so important. So very important. Um, Absolutely. One of the questions that I have for you specifically around your branding, um, because you have embraced your story and because that is a part of who you are, as it relates to social media, how did you, did you have a strategy about sharing your brand and your story? Um, number, this is going to be a, a several layer question. I just want to give them all to you at once. So the first part of it is, did you have a strategy when you started on social media? Um, and did that include your brand story? Um, and how has that evolved over time? 
Yeah, good question. So it definitely included sharing my story. I was sharing, 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 like oversharing my story in the very beginning. I was very, um, I felt like I was very motivated and excited about putting myself out there and sharing my story and sharing my book. Um, and that just kind of ebbed and flowed across my social media platforms, whatever I was doing, I was making sure that my story was included in it and just really being authentic and bringing my full self, you know, to whatever that I was doing. I didn't necessarily have a particular strategy. Again, I was just doing what I felt led to do. Um, I definitely did invest in trainings and, and coachings at the time to learn about, you know, learn some techniques. I wouldn't say that I'm an expert at social media, but I learned some techniques and things at the time. And, and things have definitely changed over time now as they continue to. Mm -hmm. But sharing my story was a part of the process. I wanted to make sure that people remembered who I was and why I was doing what I was doing, that I didn't just, you know, roll out of bed and say, one day I'm going to get on social media and start <laughs> posting. That way it was purposeful and I could connect with the people that I, that I was supposed to connect with, mm -hmm. whomever I was supposed to connect with. I know with. you mentioned that you, you mentioned your family. Let's talk about your family dynamics. What does your home life look like? What's the breakdown, I'd say? Well, I can breathe easily and say that my life has changed quite a bit. I've been in transition. I've just recently moved from Houston to Austin, mm. uh, which has been great. I, that's been a breath of fresh air. Um, but there, there came some changes with that as well. Um, I am recently divorced. Um, so now I'm a single mom and it's myself and my five-year-old and my eight-year-old son. So it's wow. myself and my two sons. Your two sons. <laughs> You're the man of the house, yeah. if you will. Um, oh, wow. So you've had, you had two transitions. You had um, the moving mm -hmm. is one and then um, the divorce um, second. So in those transitions, did you find that they were <clears throat> not so much emotionally? I don't, I'm not trying to dig into the emotional side of that, but just from a physical and the mental of the transition of the moving, how did you handle that? Was that hard or did you feel like that was kind of strategically done and that, that it went without a hitch? It definitely was strategic. I planned to hire movers to mm -hmm. assist me because it was at the time just myself and my, um, he was four then. It was just mm -hmm. us two. And I was like, I have to hire movers to do all the manual labor. Mm -hmm. And I had some hiccups um, in that process too with the movers and having to find another mover as a backup oh, wow. to complete the process. Yeah, that's been a you know, I was going to talk like, about Whoop. struggles <laughs> <laughs> when hiring, you know, other small business owners and them being able to deliver through with services, but it, mm -hmm. it ended up ending well. I was able to get the support that I needed, but I definitely knew that I needed help. I couldn't do it by myself. I mm -hmm. couldn't bootstrap it. I needed to hire professional help because it was just myself and my young child. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, I'm glad that you said that because a lot of times we are really hesitant to 
um, say, you know what, I can't do this. I have to get some help. And whatever form that help is, is going to come for you is important for you to acknowledge that and not stress yourself out to a point of, you know, being in a bed curled up because you've tried to do too much. So I'm glad that you um, said that about getting the help that you needed at the time. Yeah. So tell me what your organizing struggles are. Where, where are you struggling organizationally? And this could be business or personal. <laughs> well, you know, the two are definitely married for me. I'm not separating either anymore. Uh -huh. um, and what I'm working on right now is simplifying. I am spring mm -hmm. cleaning as we speak and I'm in your organized academy. Woo! So I'm organized it yeah <laughs> I mean because working this is my reality like working from home um I mean it's not my first rodeo working from home I've did mm -hmm. it 10 years ago and and ebb and flow throughout those years yeah but I want to be I want to have an environment where you know it doesn't feel like it's separate like business and work but it all flows together um mm -hmm. and there's not this mental clutter in my, in my mind because things are just so chaotic. So I'm simplifying as much as possible. I'm, and I'm trying to be as lean as possible. So I'm decluttering, I'm getting rid of stuff. I'm giving stuff yes. away. I'm dropping it off at the Salvation Army. We're letting things it that go, no right? Yes. Letting it go. Yes. yes. That's what I always say. We're not getting rid of it. We're letting it go. Cause getting rid of it has letting a negative connotation. But if you say I'm letting it go. It's going where it's supposed to go. And that's not that. in my space. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not here. Yeah. It's going wherever it's supposed to go. That's awesome. I'm so and things that don't spark joy anymore. Things that have. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's so funny because <laughs> people laugh at the fact that it's like, I don't, is, what is its purpose in my life? I, I really have no purpose for this thing. It has been here for years when was the last time I touched it when was the last time I looked at it that I really took the time to enjoy it you know we have some items that are kind of trinkety <laughs> that just the ornamental <laughs> I think is kind of the word I want to use they're ornamental they've always been there they've always sat there they're not causing us any problems per se but what is its purpose you know and it's like the, the pictures we have sitting around, the little vases we have. It's like, what? Did, when I look at that, does it really give me something? Is it providing something for me or is it just there? And when we start to take out the um, kind of the emotion around, I just, I, so and so gave that to me, you know, and I've got to keep it. But why? <laughs> They gave it yeah. to you and that it was a gift for you to do with what you want. So now that you've got this gift, if it's no longer providing you with, with joy, with a purpose, with doesn't have true meaning in your life, why are you holding on to it? And so when we start getting there, right, and let go of the guilt and all those other things, it is amazing the change that it's going to have in your space and in your life and in your soul and in your business. Wow. Absolutely. Holy I'm already seeing it. I'm already seeing awesome. it, how it's working. 
Oh, that makes me yeah. so excited. Um, the, ugh, the, you don't know what that just did to my soul. <laughs> so what was the biggest, like you're in Organized Academy. So tell me what was the, one of the biggest ahas that you got from that? One of the biggest ahas was what you were just sharing about the, you know, that sentimental value of things and keeping them for so long, keeping things in boxes and feeling like, oh, I'll use it one day mm-hmm. and seeing how things have moved with me, you know, literally moved with me from one city to the other. Yes. I'm like, I'm not going to use this. Yes. Let me let it go to someone else who can have to use for it. I'm not yes. using it. I'm not going to ever use it. <laughs> yeah. Alicia, listen, when I was in college I you know right after college I lived in Chattanooga for three years and I'm when I moved from Chattanooga to Nashville um I want to say that was like in 2000 I moved to Nashville I boxed up my stuff came to Nashville yada yada then I ended up buying my home so over a period of time I, I think I bought my home in 2003 my first home I was in that home for nine years okay When we got ready to move, I was like, okay, we need to start decluttering. I need to get my stuff together. I found some boxes from when I moved from Chattanooga, (laughs) boxed up, taped up, hadn't opened them. And I'm like, why? Just, just why? You know? And at one point I was like, just pick them up and throw them away. Cause you obviously don't need what's in here. But I said, no, let me open them. Let me go through it. But I would say out of the whole, all three boxes, I maybe kept 10 things. And the rest of it, I mean, it was piles and piles of papers. It was papers from my office. And I was like, the clutter that the, the space this took up and the cl- it, it caused other clutter because, you know, the, the space that those boxes were taking up, something else could have been in that designated space, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's amazing once you start letting those things go and the freedom and the breath that you get to feel in in your day-to-day the visual clutter we don't realize this but if you look um like directly in front of you and turn your head to the left don't don't look up and down just turn to the left and turn to the right you will see a lot of visual clutter i'm sure because most people have this issue and my thing is if you just cleared that one visual space or specifically around your desk and not have anything in that space, you will be amazed at the level of productivity you will have, the level of just freedom of thought, because every time we look at something, our mind has to process it. And so we're we're like super processing all day. Even if you don't really see it, it's still there and having to be processed. And so I did this with a couple of clients and they cleared their desk off. And I said, you can put your pictures, put them up high or put them like far away. So there's, it's not in that immediate zone. And they were like, I can't believe that one change made such a major difference in my productivity. So definitely try that. And then you have to let me know how that, how that works for you. Definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. So are there, do you feel like your sons are organized or do you, is that a struggle in the household? It is a challenge. I'm working with them. We're we're all a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Like even with decluttering, I feel like that's a process itself, but just really working with them to teach them how to pick up behind themselves, 
where to put things. You know, if you take something out of one place, you know, put it back. If you play mm-hmm. with a toy, put it back. Or yeah. are you playing with this toy anymore? You need to let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I have that struggle with my daughter. It, it's funny because she is all for teaching other people how to organize. But then I don't know if you saw the organizing video from her room. <laughs> But that's proof <laughs> that she doesn't put things back. <laughs> but it's funny because since we went through um, that organizing process, so for those who are listening and don't know, I went through one weekend, she basically was my client and we went through and I had the kind of the consultation with her and she had to leave. And uh, so for that day, um, I was organizing her room. She gave me permission to declutter her room without her being there. But the agreement was I would put her stuff like up for, I I can't remember if it was three or six months, but if she doesn't ask for it in that time, I think it was three. If she doesn't ask for it in that time, then I had permission to throw it away. And I was like, okay, you sure? Okay, we're going to do this. And so (laughs) I took all of the, all of my viewers on the journey of the declutter process in her room. And so I was like, this is a true life. Like I'm authentic. I'm like, this is what it looks like, whether I'm organized or not, this is her truth. And, um, and then walk through the steps of organizing. So when we did the big reveal, it was amazing the things that she was saying um, of, she knows the rules. She knows like, you know, if, everything has a place. If I put it in its place and this is going to be great, I'm going to be able to find it. And, you know, so just seeing that it triggered for her and I, I can say today it has been, I think three, two, two weeks. It's been two weeks and her room is pretty much the same way as when we finished this morning I went up and there were some boxes in the floor. I was like, okay, we need to clean our room. You know, we need to make sure our room is clean. She's like, it is clean. I was like, well, you got some stuff out. So let's make sure we put it up. So it, it was not only a process for her of learning, but it became a process, a learning process for me of so at a period of time, I just kind of was letting her go. And I was like, you need to clean your room. And that was all I'd say. Now I'm like, okay, no, we need to coach her through this for a little while until it becomes second nature for her. And then she won't have to think about, you know, the steps, if you will, it'll be second nature. So that was a very, that was the first time I'd ever done anything like that, specifically sharing everything on video and and walking through the stages. But it was an interesting aha moment for both me and my daughter of just, wow, this really did make a difference, you know? So I'm always interested to see how um, people are addressing it with their children, specifically the decluttering, but also just the organizing of what is your, what is your process for helping to get things back? Is there a system or is there no system and, and all of that with your kids? So do you notice a major difference between your sons as far as their organizational thought process or how they do things in their rooms? I, I have not noticed yet. And, and the way our you know home looks right now is different than it did before. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have their separate rooms right now. They're sharing mm-hmm. a room. And in the future, they'll hopefully have their own rooms. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty because I've been doing a lot of the organizing for them, but I'm setting up 
system so that they can be able to, you know, get their own shoes, get their mm-hmm. own clothes. It's really been a, a process since mm-hmm. moving here because I just recovered from major surgery as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like a series of things that happened. Yeah. The move happened, had major surgery, and now I'm at a place where I'm healthy enough to start decluttering and, and put things. things in. Yeah. Wow, so, you had a lot going on. <laughs> you had a lot going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I will say this. When it comes to children and decluttering, specifically because you have two different age groupings, because you have, you know, they all, people react differently to stuff. I mean, adults do too, right? Um, you're doing an awesome job of making sure they are in a place where they can do versus you having to do. I think that that is, um, an awesome transition for them, um, putting things at their level, making sure that they are part of that conversation too, I think is important of, you know, where do you want your shoes? How do we need to do this? How do you get dressed in the morning? Like that's that's going to be helpful as you begin the process of developing systems for them. But I would definitely just focus on the decluttering, but getting them involved in that process. Um, one of the tricks that I did with my daughter is I said, for example, here's a basket. This is all the space you have for this particular thing. So we got her LOL dolls when when we were doing the thing. And I gave her one bin. I said, this is the amount of space that these can take up. If it's overflowing, we got to let something go. We've got, you got to pick with how much you want. And at first she was like, oh gosh. But then that gave her kind of her boundary. And so it's easier for her to make that decision. Like, okay, I've got a little too many let me see which ones I don't really yeah. play with. And so that really helped her. So you may try um, getting them involved in the declutter process with, with their stuff or even making it a, a, like a, comp- not a competition because that sometimes that seems like you're clashing, but just, hey, who's going to get done first? I'm going to do my shoes. You guys do your shoes and let's see who gets done, you know, going through their stuff first. Um, that we yeah. do that here as well. And that becomes a fun little game that we play. Uh, between her and my husband it is hilarious (laughs) she's like no you need to let that go that's torn it's got a whole you know having other people give their commentary on the stuff that you're saying you want to keep it is hilarious (laughs) yeah that seems like a a fun uh, family game to play too (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's it's interesting and it's funny to see how they perceive your stuff too like we'll go through books and they're like, this is, old. look, this looks so old. <laughs> and then when you stop and think about it, you're like, oh, that is kind of an old book. And when was the last time I opened it? I just like it, you know? Um, so it's interesting to see other people's perspectives to help you really see the truth of some, some things that you may be stuck on. Was there anything else organizationally that you're like, oh gosh, wins i'm not gonna say it all has to be negative you can have some wins absolutely well the win that i've gotten to a place in my mindset it's mostly been a mindset shift of marrying life and business where Mm -hmm. it's not these separate things Mm -hmm. so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and simplifying things um being to try to be as lean as possible which is a process you know the the decluttering also, um, one of the challenges I had mentioned to you offline, this is a more of a longer, broader topic about um, 
working with small businesses to get them to deliver on services because I've had some hiccups, but one of the wins is, you know, making things as simple as possible so I can do as much on my own first. Mm-hmm. So I'm setting up processes yes. with that. Um, and I work up to that step of hiring and outsourcing some work. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because I had it on my list to talk about today. <laughs> um, because, you know, that is a loaded question. And, and the very first thing that I always say is specifically with side hustlers, but really for business entrepreneurs in general, is that you should always start with you doing whatever it is first so that you can figure out what do I absolutely need? Like what are the bare minimums I need to get whatever it is done? And then figuring out, making sure that that's streamlined and that we're not taking Mm -hmm. extra steps unnecessarily to do whatever it is that we're doing. Because one of the things that has come up during the pandemic is that many businesses didn't have an understanding of their basic manual process they either A, were really just trying to do everything electronic or they were trying to do it with people, like with multiple people versus if I had to let these employees go, how do I do what I need to do? And so what I'm finding is with a Mm -hmm. lot of small businesses and specifically side hustlers, we're hiring all these contractors to come and help with this little piece and this little piece. And then something happens with those people and then we're stuck in a lurch because we don't know what they did or we don't know how to do what they're doing and then we can't do our job we can't deliver to our clients so going back and and making sure that your baseline processes are in place um, and that you fully understand them and that you have determined what they are you have documented what they are then you can bring in um, a resource to assist with it, but in picking that resource, now, you know, what you really need, you know, I find lots of people are like, well, I need a social media manager. I need a, no, I need a VA to help me with social media, but what do you need help with? What does that look like? Um, and so you're hiring this person just because they have social media experience or you saw their, their social media page and you're like, Ooh, I like that. I like the way that looks. And now they come and now they're creating your processes for you. And, you know, that may be their way of doing it. That's going to cost you some extra money because you're using the tools that they recommend. Um, But they're doing a process that you have no idea how to do it. And maybe they own those tools and you don't. And so now you're stuck in a lurch because you can't afford to keep them right? Or that relationship is severed and then you're stuck with no social media or it doesn't look the same or feel the same because you're now not understanding what they're doing. So in a nutshell, in summary, I would say number one, figure out your processes, making sure that they are streamlined as possible and that you have considered all of those little pieces. Um, and then, and that's in Organized Academy. Um, there are there is an entire module that is dedicated to just doing that. Um, and then, once you have that determined, then doing your requirements document for whomever it is that you're whatever position it is you're hiring for, making sure you have those that requirements document that you can um, compare people to. So you say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna interview three VAs. 
And th this is the, uh, these are the requirements that I'm measuring them against. And as you interview them, you're asking questions related to your actual process and the things that you are looking to do and what their experience level is, um, asking for references, asking for um, maybe their uh, portfolio, if it's a visual type thing, and then making your decision from there. Um, and I think that that will help you kind of weed out the people who sound good, <laughs> but really don't have the experience. Um, a lot of times you can weed that out using those requirements document and, and being able to speak from your experiences of how, how you do it, right? And how you have been able to accomplish it in a manual process. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. Awesome. Yes. Were there, I can't remember. Was that the only one that was on your list? The, the questions that you had? Yes, that was the okay. main. Okay, I thought that was. Want to make sure I didn't overlook anything. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much, Alicia, for, for yeah. to, to sit down with me. I'm so excited to, to keep up with you on the journey of, of the decluttering process and, and everything. So definitely keep me abreast of what's happening as far as that's concerned, okay? Do you wanna let everybody know kind of how they can get into contact with you if they're looking to um, take you up on your services um, or get your book? Do you wanna talk absolutely. about how they can do that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's I am updating my technology because one of the hiccups I had when I was outsourcing was I had hired a developer and the developer ended up deleting my entire website. Oh my God. <laughs> so that was a hiccup. However, I am um, rebuilding my websites. So I have um, both websites, blackfamilybusiness.com and aliciabeatrice.com. And that's where uh, a lot of my, that's my, those are my home bases. Anyone wants to find me on Facebook at Black Family Business or at the number one, Alicia Buchanan. And I'm also on Instagram at Black Family Biz, not full business, but B-I-Z, and at one Alicia Buchanan. Nice. Um, but my, my website will have more up-to-date information by the time this airs as well with everything. Wonderful, wonderful. And I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. So just jump over there uh, so that you can get in contact with Alicia. Thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. And I hope you found something that will help you in your organizing journey. If you did, consider leaving a comment or review so it will help others know the value that you received. For more information regarding this or any other episode, visit dlmorales.com. And as always, do something today to fill your happiness bucket. I'll see you next time.